T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The current boundaries of the 14th Congressional District were almost designed to make it safe for Republicans, but this year a hard-charging Democratic candidate is threatening to turn the reliably red district blue. Republican Congressman Randy Hulkern would be the first to say that he's in a real race with political newcomer Lauren Underwood. This week we'll hear from both of the contenders in separate interviews. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore and this is At Issue. Policy expert Lauren Underwood is challenging incumbent GOP Representative Randy Hulkern for a seat that he's held since 2010. It's a race that has attracted a lot of money on both sides and some big-name campaigners. House Speaker Paul Ryan campaigned for fellow Republican Hulkern and others on Friday. Former President Barack Obama was slated to be here for Underwood, among others, today. We wanted to spend a few minutes with each of them in the final days of the campaign. We caught up with incumbent Randy Hulkren at a coffee house after he had campaigned in Gurney. He's a former state lawmaker who went to Washington during the Tea Party wave. I asked him why he was having to run such a hard and expensive race this time out. Well, it has been, you know, when I first ran, I, I ran against a Democrat uh, and defeated a Democrat who had won it when Speaker Hastert had resigned. It was changed and uh, made a little bit more Republican in 2012. But I think, again, it's an interesting year. Uh, the Democrats are very energized, and I think that's why this is a, a race that we knew was going to be tough two years ago. And we've been working towards this week uh, for two years now. How much of a factor is President Trump in the atmosphere, in 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 the race itself. Yeah, I think it's it's a big impact on both sides. Uh, certainly energizes uh, those on the other side, also energizes uh, folks on my side. So even though he's not on the ballot, I think he does have an impact on this race and many other races. Now, I know you uh, went to Southern Illinois when he was in Illinois to, uh, to join him at a rally down there. Um, how much of a help is that to you? That's a good question. And, and I went, Mike Bost is a good friend. He and I served in the legislature together. So Mike was the one who invited me. And then the White House followed up with an invitation. So decided to, to go down. Ended up seeing a lot of constituents down there, which was uh, fun. Uh, but uh, it, was, it was a really nice day. And um, so I, you're never sure what different impact is going to be. What I do know is we need to make sure that Republicans come out and vote, conservatives come out and vote, and uh, we need all of them, uh, as many of them as possible, to come out uh, either now or on Election Day. And so that's what we've been working towards, and now it's ultimately that get-out-the-vote effort. And, and where do you see that energy in this campaign? I mean, what is it that's going to bring people out? Well, I think it is recognizing that this is a pivotal race, that the 14th uh, and the 6th as well, but Illinois is going to be key for the direction of Congress and direction of the nation for the next couple of years. Uh, and people are seeing that. So it's it's recognizing that there's a, such a clear difference between Lauren Underwood and myself. She's very liberal. I'm conservative. Uh, and it's a clear decision that people are going to have to make of the direction that they want the 14th to go, but also that this is likely going to be a district that will determine who controls 
controls the House of Representatives for the next two years, whether what the focus is going to be on continued issues, results, uh, efforts that we've been making over the last couple of years, or whether it's going to be pushing back on that, stopping a lot of the things, undoing some of the things that we've been working towards in the last couple of years. Now, as you said, the, the choice is between liberal and conservative. But what is the district these days? Yeah, I think it's it still is a, a center-right district. Uh, and so everything we're hearing is that that's the way it leans. That's what I see. It's still, you know, it's some suburban, but it's also quite a bit of rural. Uh, a lot of small town folks uh, that really, uh, again, want things to be moving, are excited about a growing economy, excited about low unemployment, want healthcare improvement, don't, but don't want government takeover of it, want real patient, doctor-focused healthcare. That's the stuff that we're hearing about. And again, and I think we're very different, uh, Lauren Underwood and myself, of how we will approach decisions and what we think the ultimate solution is. Uh, as a conservative, I still believe the focus ought to be locally, individuals, communities, solving problems where government has a role. I think uh, as a liberal, she believes that government, federal government, needs to have a much more significant role in solving the challenges that we're facing. Uh, but do you think that people, in, at least in terms of things like, well, her, the, the issue that she uh, bases much of her campaign on is health care, uh, that the surveys have showed that more people are favoring uh, what's come to be called Obamacare uh, than they, they were before, and that they still have some concerns that seem not to have been met by the uh, the bill that was at least brought, a, brought across by the uh, Well, I think a lot of people don't know what was in the American Health Care Act, and I, I'm convinced more that I talked to Lauren that she hasn't read the bill. Uh, it, it was, uh, the idea of it is really patient-focused and doctor-focused and opening up a marketplace where people can have real choices. Affordable Care Act isn't working in northern Illinois. So I think you're right. Uh, people want to make sure that there is coverage there for people with pre-existing conditions. I want to see that. Everything I've done supports that. The bill that we voted on absolutely recognizes that and supports that. Uh, but the Affordable Care Act has really made it so there's only one insurance company in Northern Illinois and major hospital systems are not a part of that insurance company. So literally people who live across the street from a hospital can't go to that hospital or see doctors. So what we've got isn't working. We've seen huge increases in premiums and deductibles. I'm hearing over and over again that people are frustrated. We need real solutions. I hope we can find bipartisan solutions that can open up a marketplace while pr protecting people who have those pre-existing conditions and protecting our seniors. Now what uh, Lauren Underwood and a number of Democrats have said, though, is that even though uh, coverage for people with pre-existing conditions was not left out of the bill, that what was left in would have made it unaffordable, that the, that the amount it would cost people was prohibited. And again, it just shows me that they haven't read the bill because it, it's clear in there that it doesn't make it cost prohibitive. In fact, uh, an insurance company couldn't even ask somebody if they had a pre-existing condition, if it was insurance coverage, if you're switching from one insurance company to another one, couldn't even be part of the conversation. So insurance rates would have stayed just the same. Uh, again, it was uh, not a perfect bill, but it was very good and it would have opened up marketplaces and it would have absolutely protected people with pre-existing conditions without increasing premiums. Now, if people's fears and frankly a lot of the political rhetoric are keeping people from completely jumping on board ripping uh, the Affordable Care Act apart. Can what's existing be fixed? 
I think it can. I think there's uh, there's parts of the Affordable Care Act that are going to be uh, going forward into the future, but there's a big parts that aren't working. And I think that's where you get into uh, the larger sector where we've lost so many health insurance companies, very few still here in Illinois. So it's getting back to this marketplace of private insurance companies while still protecting people with pre-existing conditions and making sure our seniors get access to care. We can do this. Again, it shouldn't be a partisan issue. I just don't think big government is the solution. I think she does believe that is the solution, that big government is uh, somehow going to solve this. It's not. It's going to drive up the cost and take away choices from people. So again, it's a different approach. Uh, I, I just want it to work. I don't care if it's what it's called. I want it to be real health care for people. And, and also, there's so many other issues that are really important to the people of the 14th Congressional District. This phenomenal economy is something we hear over and over again that literally the best of my lifetime, I'm 52 years old, this is the best economy of my lifetime, lowest unemployment, highest growth, great opportunity, the, the highest amount of revenue coming into the federal government ever. Uh, it's working. The economy is working. People are uh, excited. People are growing and, and starting up companies, investing in those businesses. Young people are excited. So that optimism is so important. And I hear that so many places that I'm traveling to around the 14th Congressional District. Are you worried by the, the volatility of the market over the last uh, few weeks that and is that shaking some people's confidence? I don't think so. Again, markets are going to move up and down. What we're seeing is uh, long-trend optimism, uh, business starts. Well, that's just off the charts. We're seeing just uh, statistics today where that optimism, that uh, people feeling like their life is going to be better going into the next year or two, that they're going to have their job, that they're going to be making more money, uh, that they can uh, invest uh, for themselves in their own home, in their own community. That is what we need to see happen, and that's what we're seeing happen. Um, Lately, uh, some Democratic elected officials have been attacking the Repu Republican candidates over the GOP tax plan. Uh, they're saying that uh, uh, everyday people and small businesses are not seeing the benefits of, uh, of those tax cuts and that people really don't like that cap on the deductions for state and local taxes. What do you say to those people who are, are saying, wait, I'm not, I'm, I'm not winning in this? It's, they're, they're wrong. For the vast majority percent of them, 90% of the people in the 14th Congressional District are going to see a benefit and already are seeing a benefit, less withholding. You know, the challenge is we file a year uh, in arrears. So a lot of people are going to be filing their taxes in April and they'll realize the great benefit. We've gone through specific numbers of middle and lower income folks in our district and they benefit greatly. The, the ones who get the greatest percentage benefit from this are lower income people who aren't going to pay any taxes. A doubling of the deduction, individual deduction, is phenomenal. Plus the cost, the time savings of not having to fill out that Schedule A is going to be so good for so many people. Again, it's frustrating to live in a high tax state. Illinois is a high tax state. There's a lot more low tax states around the nation and quite honestly, they're tired of subsidizing high tax states like Illinois. But we've done what we could again to protect the vast, vast, vast majority of the people in the 14th Congressional District when you include everything, property tax, income tax, state income tax, all that, vast, uh, again, people on average are going to save one, uh, uh, $1,600 a year in tax savings, plus all the benefit of a growing economy. And on top of that, it wasn't too many years ago where we were hearing reports every single week about companies who were leaving America and inverting. We haven't heard any of that. Companies are choosing to stay in America, which is good for Americans. It's good for our workers. It's good for our jobs. It's working. Uh, we, what I'd love to see still is making individual rates permanent. I voted on that twice in the House. We haven't been able to get it through the Senate yet. I'll continue to push for that. What 
what is it that is stopping? I mean, you have a majority in the House. Uh, what's what's stopping? I think it's the Senate. Uh, you know, it's the 60-vote requirement in the Senate uh, where you can't get past that. So we're, we've passed multiple things in the House. I've never been more confident that we can pass difficult things through the House and never less confident that the Senate could pass difficult things. So we need help there. Uh, they're being paralyzed by a 60-vote uh, requirement because of the filibuster. How concerned are you about all the outside money that's come into the uh, in, into this contest. Well, I'm shocked by it. Uh, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, almost all of her money has come from other states, uh, from San Francisco, from Hollywood, from New York City, from Boston, from Washington, D.C., very little from Illinois. We're still focused here, uh, and it's been a, sh a shock to me, but I still believe hard work and policy and candidates win elections. So even though we're going to be outspent, I still am really optimistic and excited about how things are going for us. Uh, I mean, does the REIT kind of retail campaigning that you've been doing, the door-to-door, the -door, does that does that really work in this day and age when people are online all the time and and, and there's a battle of the airwaves? Yeah, too. I believe it does. I still believe a lot of people make decisions because of the opportunity to talk to the candidate, to be able to talk to people who know the candidate uh, and know how they stand. That's still the greatest impact. They do look at online news sources, they watch TV, they listen to the radio, but still I believe a personal connection with someone who is engaged or a candidate who comes and knocks on their door and talks to them in person is the most significant impact you can have. Are you in some ways fighting some headwinds because of the, the political atmosphere these days? I hear a lot of people souring on on the whole political system um, are you having to persuade people that no re really we can you know your 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 vote can make a difference and that, uh, that you should come out. A couple months ago, I was concerned about that. Now I'm really encouraged and excited uh, just seeing the optimism among conservatives, among Republicans, among independents who are really uh, don't want to see all this progress that we've made of low unemployment, high growth, uh, protecting our Constitution, uh, shrinking the size of federal government, making it more responsible and accountable. People want that. They're seeing that elections matter and this election matters. And specifically in the 14th Congressional District, I think it likely will be pivotal pivotal of the direction of our nation for the next two years. Um, you've never been what some might describe as a flashy guy, uh, but, uh, but you have always, as I know it, uh, gone, gone person to person. Um, what is the message about you and your, your campaign and your record that is what has to bring people to the polls? Well, I think it is. It's, it's a person that keeps their word. Uh, I've promised uh, to do my best to serve the constituents of the 14th Congressional District. I show up. My family lives here. Uh, we're property owners in the 14th Congressional District. I'm invested uh, in this district and believe in, in the great uh, people of Illinois and am saddened by a lot of that's happening in Springfield. But we're going to keep doing what we said we're going to do, fighting for families, fighting for future, fighting for optimism. This idea of the American dream is still out there, and uh, people need to see that they can achieve that here. And that's what we're going to keep talking about showing that I'm someone who can get things done, reach across the aisle if I need to. I've done that when I was in Springfield. I've done that in Washington, D.C., building relationships, again, to accomplish good things, recognizing that sometimes, again, we have to work to come to have a meeting of the minds. I'm willing to do that hard work and accomplish, again, what is good and beneficial for the great people I get to represent. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and that was 14th District Republican Congressman Randy Hulkerin interviewed at 
at a coffee house in the north suburbs. We met his challenger, Lauren Underwood, during a loud and packed campaign fundraiser in West Suburban Geneva. This is a sprawling district. Underwood worked in Washington on the Affordable Care Act under former President Obama. I asked her how a 32-year-old Democrat with a nursing background managed to run such a close race against an experienced lawmaker in a Republican district. I am a nurse, and I spent my career working to expand health care coverage around the country. I worked to implement the Affordable Care Act at the federal level, also worked in health care quality, improvements to the Medicare program, things like that, and then joined the Obama administration where I worked on public health emergencies and disasters, like Ebola, Zika, and the water crisis in Flint. I moved home after the last day of the administration and began working for a Medicaid-managed care company in Chicago when I found myself at Randy Holkren's one and only public event of 2017. And it was a question and answer session hosted by the League of Women Voters in St. Charles. And he made a promise, a really important promise about protecting health care coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. People like me. I have a heart condition. I got diagnosed in elementary school. And it's well managed. But it's one of these diagnoses that counts as a pre-existing condition. And so I decided to run after he voted for the American Health Care Act, which is a version of repeal that made it cost prohibitive for people like me to be able to get affordable health care coverage. So how do we make it competitive? By talking about an issue that is so personal, so important to families all across our district. There are 37,000 people in the Illinois 14th District who have coverage thanks to Obamacare. There are 300,000 that have pre-existing conditions. And so health care is the number one issue in this election. It's what got me in the race. And we have a congresswoman or I mean, I'm sorry, a congressman who was, you know, not honest about his intentions to vote on something that critical, that important, that personal. Now, you know his answer to that, as, as he has on, on the, the couple of forums that you guys have already done, is he says, A, he thinks you don't know what's in the bill, and he also says that it was protected, that pre-existing conditions were protected. What's your answer to that? Right. So Randy Holkren cites uh, insurance uh, provision around guaranteed issue, which would require insurance companies to extend an insurance policy to any individual that has a pre-existing condition, meaning that they cannot deny coverage by basis of having that type of medical history. What guaranteed issue does not do is prevent insurance companies from charging increased cost. And so you may remember... Before the Affordable Care Act, there were numerous medical bankruptcies in this country because people were charged double, triple, 20 times more than individuals without that type of medical history. Randy Holkren supported a bill that would allow us to return to that environment. The Affordable Care Act includes protections that, one, make sure that you can't be discriminated against and denied coverage, but two, make sure that you cannot be charged more just because of a pre-existing condition. critically important, and it's an important delineation, one that Congressman Holkren does not acknowledge. And so I'm familiar with the provisions in the American Health Care Act, and I'm sorry, the Affordable Health, Affordable (laughs) Care Act, okay, American Health Care, yes, and uh, familiar with those provisions and am confident, confident that they do not include those price protections. And to the tune that the uh, uh, Congressional Budget Office also has outlined the severe impact that that bill would have had for folks in America with pre-existing conditions. Now, do you believe that the Affordable Care Act needs some fixing? Absolutely. Yeah, well, what, what things should be? So it's very clear in our country that health care costs have spiraled. Premium prices are too high. Prescription drug prices are too high. 
Um, I think that we need to uh, make some tweaks to the criteria that would allow more middle class families to qualify for the cost sharing reductions for the tax credits outlined in the marketplace so that they can get um, some premium assistance. But also, we need to make sure that those risk adjustment programs, the pool of money that was made available in the Affordable Care Act in the event that all the healthy 18-year-olds went to one uh, insurance companies and all the cancer patients went to another, that there was supposed to be a pool of money to help make that insurance company whole that got all the cancer patients. The congressional Republicans have effectively zeroed out that pool of money in their intentional sabotage of the program. So what does that mean? We have decreased choices. So in northern Illinois, in our area, there's one choice, Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's it. And at every single plan level, bronze, gold, silver, platinum, there's one choice, that Blue Cross plan. And that's not real choice for an average family, and we're seeing the prices can be incredibly unattainable. So that's really important. Make sure that we're appropriately resourcing the program. Any program that's starved of resources will fail. And um, this is not new dollars that I'm proposing. It's already authorized. We just need that money to be appropriated. So that's one fix. The second fix is allowing the federal government to negotiate drug prices. We know between Medicare and Medicaid, the VA, TRICARE, which is the active duty military health plan, and the Federal Employees Health Program, the federal government is paying the most the largest payer for health care services in our country, the largest payer prescription drugs. They need to be at the table to negotiate drug prices. And that will save taxpayers dollars, but also incent a decrease in price in the commercial market. And we've done this um, already at the federal level. When I was in the Obama administration, I worked for an agency that negotiated with drug companies to develop new vaccines and treatments for bioterrorism threats. And so we know we can do it. Uh, but we need to have that creative approach to the larger system. I want to talk uh, about the economy because uh, Randy Hulkren says, no, what people really care about is the, is, is the economy and that they, are, uh, they, they like the, the robustness of the economy right now, that it's growing, uh, that wages are going up. Uh, do you see people having more confidence in the economy, unemployment is, uh, unemployment is down? Well, if we measure economic success by Wall Street, then perhaps you would kick back and say, hey, the job is done. But we know for most middle class folks, there has not been real wage growth. That middle class families are not seeing that benefit of a, quote, booming economy. And then when we think about all workers, we know that there continue to be uh, lags that we don't have equal pay for equal work in this country. We need to pass legislation that would allow for paid family leave. Across our 14th district, there are so many women who left the workforce to start or raise their families, and now that their kids are in elementary school or middle school, they want to go to work even part-time, and they don't have an opportunity for an affordable childcare option. And these are nonpartisan policies that if we had a Congress that recognize these needs of middle-class families, they would certainly call a floor vote. But guess what? These congressional Republicans will not even call a vote on these types of policies, not because they're controversial, but because they don't care. Because they don't care. And that, for me, is wrong. Uh, in the recent, recent days, some uh, members of the congressional delegation, Democratic members of the congressional delegation, have been criticizing the GOP tax plan, yeah, too. Yeah, awful. And... Uh, one of the things that gets the most uh, the most criticism is the uh, end of the deduction for state and local taxes. Uh, is that 
Are you hearing people's dissatisfaction yes. with that? And, and what else? Tremendously. So in the 14th district, we are among the top congressional districts in the country for people who itemize their taxes to take advantage of those very SALT deductions, the state and local tax deductions. The average amount deducted in 2015 was $14,453. And what the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act did was it imposed, newly imposed, a $10,000 cap. So now the average family, average middle class family in our district has a new tax burden of $4,500. Hmm. And Congressman Holcren knew that and supported the tax bill. I believe that any representative from our community should not be voting for a tax bill that disadvantages middle class families in Northern Illinois. I believe that tax reform should be simple and fair, putting middle class and small businesses first. And that's simply not what this tax bill did. Uh, more women are running for office uh, this, uh, well, really than ever. In yeah. Here. Uh, and uh, how much of a, uh, of a role do you think activism among female voters is going to play? How much of a role do you think it's going to play in this campaign? Well, certainly women across the 14th district have been the foundation of our campaign. Uh, they have been our largest group of volunteers, our donors, uh, people who really sustained the energy uh, of our campaign, and I'm grateful to have their support. I was the only woman in a seven-way primary that I won with 57% of the vote. We know that Democratic enthusiasm is off the charts in the 14th district. In our primary election, in an average midterm year, there's 8,000 people who will pull Democratic ballots. This year, 51,200 people did. And so is it just because I'm a woman or just because of this activist energy, as you put it? I don't know. I don't know, but what I can see is that our campaign is inclusive. We are traveling all around the district. We had a mission to be in the community everywhere all the time and set up shop even in DeKalb County, even in rural Kendall County, showing up, sitting in living rooms and engaging with people. And uh, that's, I think, been the key to our success. But how do you get those people to actually come out, whether they're doing it early voting yeah. or whether they're doing it on election day? Uh, People are excited, but some people are also angry with the whole system That's and right. maybe decide they aren't going to come out at all. No one's happy with the chaos and confusion in Washington. And when we needed a representative to have our backs, Randy Holcomb was nowhere to be found. He went 16 months without having a public event in our community. That's not representation. And so for people who have disengaged, who are frustrated, this is our time to make a change. This is our time to speak up and to elect a different representative. Because if everybody stays home, Randy Holcren will think, oh, this is fine. And he'll keep on doing what he's been doing. And guess what? Our health care is going to go away. They're going to keep passing these tax bills that reward corporations and the wealthiest of 1% of Americans. They're going to keep along with this mission about school choice, which takes away resources from our public schools and moves them over to private religious schools. They're going to be unwilling to act in the face of escalating gun violence in this country. This is what's at stake. And so my request to everybody in the 14th is, listen, take a look at who's on your ballot and find five minutes out your day to head to an early polling place and cast your vote. It's critically important. And I certainly hope to earn their support, but I really want people to vote really want people to vote. Finally, how much of a factor do you think President Trump is in this election? Well, I, again, I don't think anybody's happy with the chaos and confusion in Washington. The tweeting, the tweeting's got to stop. Um, the rhetoric 
the hateful, divisive vulgarities that he uses, that is not who we are as Northern Illinoisans, certainly not. Um, I think that the folks around our community are looking for someone to be a check on Trump. The Congress and Article I of the Constitution was designed to be a co-equal branch of government with the executive branch and the, and, the, and the judiciary. Right now, we have a Congress that doesn't quite do that. Randy Hulkerin votes 96% of the time with Donald Trump. He's not going to be a check on the president. And so um, do I think he's a factor? Indirectly. Donald Trump's not on the ballot. Randy Hulkerin's on the ballot. And he has not been there for us. We deserve better. What should people make of all the outside money that's come in to this, uh, to the, to this race? I mean, it's a very competitive election. And uh, I am someone that supports campaign finance reform. I think we need to get these uh, dark money groups outside of politics. The fact that a corporation can spend unlimited sums of money to influence our election to literally drown out my voice and my name's on the ballot, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. I'm proud of the fact that my campaign has not accepted one dollar of corporate PAC money. Not one dollar. And Randy Hulkerin takes 70, 80 percent of the money for his campaign from the very corporations that he regulates as a member of the Financial Services uh, Committee. Every bank, every mortgage brokerage, investment banks down the line that exists in our country, he accepts dollars from them and then thinks that he's going to be impartial and representing our community as a member of that committee. I don't see how you can do it. I'm willing to be an independent voice on behalf of the people of the 14th District and the fact that we've run our campaign in a way that, yes, provides us with resources, but also allows us to truly represent the families of our community. That's something I'm so proud of. And, um, and you know, we're going to keep spreading our message uh, and stay focused on what's important to voters. That was Democratic 14th Congressional District candidate Lauren Underwood, with whom we spoke just before she went to address the crowd of people at her fundraiser in downtown Geneva. I'd also like to thank Republican incumbent Randy Hulkren for speaking with me as well. Election Day is Tuesday. Do not forget to vote or avoid it. There's a lot at stake at the polls this time, and every vote does count, especially in the close ones. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.